Welcome to the Happily Hormonal Podcast. Now, if you're a little iffy on whether or not the word hormonal is a good one, you're in the right place. My name is Leisha Drews, registered nurse and functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner turned holistic hormone coach. And after going through my own hormone journey and having my three babies, I actually believe that our hormones are one of the greatest gifts that we've been given as women. And that no matter what you've been told, it's possible for you to have thriving energy, good periods, and a stable mood all month long. And I am here to show you the way. I think it's time to change the narrative around words like hormones and hormonal and start to reclaim the power that we truly have as women, which is the power to change not only our own health, but the health of all of our family for generations to come. Hormone balance doesn't have to feel hard. It can actually feel simple and fun when we do it in a way that aligns with how our bodies were made. If you're ready to start trusting your body again and feeling really good in that beautiful body that you've been given, then grab yourself a yummy drink and maybe a snack and let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast today. I have Heather here with me again. And today we're going to give you our five favorite tips to start to fuel for a healthy, happy metabolism. And when we're talking about the metabolism, we are downstream talking about happy hormones as well. So make sure to go back and listen to the last episode if you missed that one on metabolism and basically why it affects your hormones and how it's really everything in your body and why we think it's so important. But today we're going to actually give you some of our favorite steps to start to move towards a happy metabolism. And so my first one, if you have been listening to me for more than about five seconds, this is not going to surprise you. But if you're new here, hello, I'm so glad you're here and you need to hear this. So eating enough and eating consistently is the very, very first thing that I start with every single time with every client and also with myself when I'm like, huh, I feel a little off. I'm always going back to this point. So when I'm talking about eating enough and eating consistently, what I actually think that looks like is definitely, definitely not cutting calories and eating in the like 12 to 1400 calorie range, because we've been told that that's how much a woman needs to not be fat. And so your body is going to need more calories than that. Whether or not you can handle it right this very second is going to be our next point. And we'll talk about that. But just realizing that 12 to 1400 calories is literally enough. Heather and I both have four-year-olds. They are small people and that's how many calories they need. So compared to me, my four-year-old is really small. And so I can tell that I'm going to need more nutrients than him. And that is actually going to fuel your metabolism. And so if you're under eating, your body is going to be slowing down all functions, including weight loss. And so that's just really, really important to understand. So eating enough and eating consistently to me looks like generally eating probably somewhere around at least 1800 calories a day as a grown woman. If you're pregnant, if you're breastfeeding, if you're strength training, if you have extra stress, like all of those things are going to be more of a need, but I definitely wouldn't recommend thinking you're ever going to long-term need less than that. And often women are going to need more. Also, I really don't believe that a calorie is equal to a calorie. So 1800 calories of donuts and McDonald's is obviously not going to nourish your body at all. So it really does matter what you're eating and how you're fueling your body. So calories are a number that we can use, but they're definitely, definitely not the most important thing in my opinion. But I always do get asked, you know, like, how do I know that I'm eating enough? And so I truly believe that actually doing a little bit of food tracking is really important just to get honest with yourself about what you're getting. Are you, how much protein are you getting? How many carbs are you getting? 
what food are you getting? Because often when I have someone track food, they're like, okay, well, this actually does not look like what I actually eat, but it was a crazy weekend or it was whatever. And while that really does happen, absolutely. I think that it's also just a a measure of honesty with ourselves where we're like, oh, I think I'm eating healthy. And then when you track your food for three days, you're like, wow, I really didn't get a lot of nutrients. And so it really is important to know that you're eating enough calories, but also truly enough nutrients. And that's what I always start to focus on. And then eating consistently is really important throughout the day too. So I know as a busy mom, or if you're working, it's really easy to skip lunch, especially, and often skip breakfast too. And especially if you've heard that's good for you, that intermittent fasting is a good thing. We don't believe that it is here. And we believe that you are a human being who has energy needs and that you need energy consistently throughout the day and right away in the morning. So we recommend always eating a balanced breakfast right away within about 30 to 60 minutes of waking up in the morning and then eating somewhere around every three hours, three to four, two to four, depending on your blood sugar and your energy needs throughout the rest of the day and keeping that balanced and nutrient dense as well. Yeah, those are all really important things. And one of the things that you mentioned, I think is so helpful for women is sometimes there's this fear of eating more because it feels like they're going to gain weight. Right. And like, that's typically what's driving most of our decisions. And so I really offer women these two kind of perspectives. The first is that your body is designed to where if you wanted to easily see some change in your weight, you, you can do that. And your body will be able to do that if it's coming from a balanced, nourished place. If it is not, and your metabolism is slowed down, then this is where you may be spending all of your energy and effort doing the diets, doing the fasting, cutting the calories, and not seeing a response. And so when it comes to eating more, it truly is about just kind of like increasing your ability to spend more energy. So we talked on the last episode, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it about how our metabolism operates like a budget. And if you're somebody who's budgeting off of a really low income, like you just don't have much wiggle room in your budget, then you're not going to be able to cut your expenses very much without seeing a response to that. It's the same with your body. If you can increase the amount that you're taking in over time, your body's going to adjust and get used to that. And your weight may make some changes if it needs to, but you'll get to a place where if you decide, Hey, I'm going to tighten things up and lose like five or so pounds, you can put forth a little bit of effort and you'll see your body respond in a big way. The key here is getting to a place where you have consistently sent these signals of balance and an inner metabolism that's working well, because you're getting plenty of energy and fuel sources in. And so Like Leisha was saying, hey, we want to work your calories up to this place where you're well over 2,000. If I have a client that comes to me and she's eating 2,500 calories and she wants to lose five or 10 pounds, I'm like, yeah, no problem. Like if you cut back a little bit to even 22, 23, you're still going to function well. You're still going to have energy. Your organs are still going to have the fuel that they need, depending on how you're making up those calories. And you might be able to see a change and some shifting in your weight. But if you're coming at 1500 calories, I've got nowhere to go. We have nothing to change without your body slowing down, creating more inflammation, running off of stress hormones, which over time are going to increase things. So the key thing to what Leisha was saying about increasing these calories is to take a little bit of a slower approach because While we don't necessarily advocate that your body does operate with calories in versus calories out, that's just such a simplistic equation of a very complex 
thing. <laughs> like our bodies just are way, way, way more complex than that. You do still want to increase your calories at the marginal amount over time. So that way the body doesn't kind of get shocked into, whoa, like what is happening? Because chances are, if you've been under eating for a while, you've had some significant changes. So your bacteria has changed in your gut. The way your organs are functioning has changed and you don't want to overload them with too much all at once. Or you're going to have this gap period where everything is trying to catch up for this new input that it didn't have before. So going slow is like one of the first kind of like pieces just to keep in your mind. And what that might look like is maybe you just add one to two extra snacks a day, or maybe you increase your serving size by a little bit at two or three meals a day. Starting there is going to be helpful. And then we're going to talk a little bit more because I do just want to hit on this idea that like you do really need to continue having some individualized support here because it isn't all about eating a specific number of calories. It isn't all about, you know, eating these specific foods and not those foods. It truly is having somebody who can look on the outside and come in and say, Hey, these are going to be the best next steps for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're always advocating starting somewhere. And when I start with my clients, we do like a deep dive intensive call at first, and I'm able to give you like, this is where to start you're not eating breakfast, let's start with breakfast and let's start with this kind of breakfast. And so with that being said, there's definitely a lot that you can do on your own. But if you're like, I've been trying the things and I've been reading the Instagrams and I'm not finding what I need, that's where we've experienced that support is so, so helpful. So point two was really just that we want to make sure that we're taking things slow if you're afraid of weight gain. And that way you can start to build some confidence in your body and we can start to see how your body reacts. Point three today, our third favorite tip is really just realizing that we have to slow down to chew our food well, to be able to absorb it well. And so quick, quick little version of what you learn in nursing school about digestion is when you start to digest your food, it starts even before your food is in your mouth. So you see that food coming in a restaurant or hopefully you're cooking at home and you're noticing like, Ooh, this smells good. I'm excited to eat this. I'm actually hungry. You're smelling the food. You're thinking about the food that actually triggers your mouth to start to create enzymes in your saliva so that you can start to digest that food. And so then when you get your food in a bowl and you sit down at the table without distractions, definitely if you have kids, you're just going to have distractions, but like not the TV, not your phone, not fighting with someone, hopefully. And you're sitting down in kind of a relaxed state, you're able to put that food in your mouth, you taste it, you notice how good it is, you're still smelling it, and you start to chew your food well. So you're not just missing that piece that breaks down your food, you're covering it with those salivary enzymes in your saliva. And then when you drop it down into your stomach, when you swallow it, you have a strong amount of stomach acid that's been building, your body has been told to start releasing digestive enzymes, and then your body is ready to digest that food. If you're running around like crazy, if you're eating in the car all the time, if you're never sitting down, if you're not paying attention to your food, all of those things are going to slow down that digestive process. So really taking a breath, doing a quick body scan before you eat and being like, huh, interesting. I am really stressed out. I just stretched and I don't know if you could hear my sternum pop, but it was really loud. <laughs> um, so I was like doing that even in, as I'm talking like, okay, like where do I feel things in my body? Like where's, where is my stress? Because when you do that before you eat, it really is a lot easier to just take that breath that you need to be able to switch over into that digestive phase. So 
And something you mentioned there, I think is really important is, so our body is designed, we have two nervous systems. We have a central nervous system, and that is what controls our fight or flight. And then we have a parasympathetic nervous system, and that is what controls our rest and digest. And so when we think about that, that's what Leisha is talking about. Like, hey, most of us run around with our central nervous system responding before we even like think about anything. It becomes like our natural instinct. And so when we can switch that up a little bit and start intentionally turning that system off, you're going to see massive responses in your body because it's being used to having these stress hormones excited and ready to work at all points. And that actually can impact how well your body's even able to break down and digest what is there, which ironically pulls us back to what we talked about last week and our first couple points around, hey, like, if you aren't eating enough and your body's super stressed out, it's changing how your body is breaking down the foods that you do eat, which is why you're working so hard to diet. You're working so hard to restrict and you might not be seeing results because you're kind of like shooting yourself in the foot with your body's ability to even use these cleaner, healthier foods that you focus so much on. And so that kind of brings us to our fourth point, which is really looking at the two pieces that your body needs when it comes to nourishment and fueling itself well. And that is what we call macro and micronutrients. So macronutrients are things like carbs, proteins, fats. And then ironically, alcohol is a macronutrient. We don't really need that, but we can talk about, we should do a whole episode on alcohol. Not that it's terrible, but I'm like, I like it. But okay. Anyways, Then we have our micronutrients, which are things like your minerals. So we're thinking your vitamins, your minerals, like how well does your body have all of these little tiny pieces that come together and work in the best way. When it comes to your metabolism, we use these macronutrients for a couple things. They build our muscles, they build our organs, they keep our blood sugar stable. They are kind of like our main big source of fuel, like they kind of are steady fuel sources. And then our micronutrients are more like the accessories. So we think about things like calcium and potassium and sodium. They're these very, very important, but sometimes smaller pieces that fuel our body to be able to work in the best way possible. So we want to make sure that when you are increasing your calories, you're looking at both of these areas. When I think about macronutrients, I'm thinking, hey, are you getting enough carbs to be fueled consistently? And are you pairing those carbs with a protein or fat to make sure that your blood sugar is staying stable? Are you eating enough protein to be able to fuel your organs to function well to your pro everything in your body is made of protein. So your muscles are made of protein. Your cervical mucus is made of protein. Your hormones are actually made of fat, but you need proteins in your liver to be able to turn them into hormones. And so we really think about, Hey, are you getting a good balance of these things in the right way? And then when it comes to our micronutrients, I'm just thinking, Hey, are you eating foods that are rich in nutrients and that When you start to eat them, your body can really easily find those micronutrients and use them to fuel digestion itself, to fuel the bacteria that's breaking down the food, to fuel your central nervous system turning off. So those are kind of the big overviewed points when it comes to what should you actually be eating. It's going to be a good amount of both of these with my priority first being on, hey, are you getting enough carbs, the right type of carbs? So I'm thinking we have a term called fruits and roots. And so what that means is carbs that are sugar that's pretty easy for your body to use and to utilize quickly without having a ton of processed things or seed oils or even being sugars that are just going to like shoot your blood sugar up like crazy and then crash it back down. 
And then we think about like, so some of our root veggies are those longer acting carbs and you really do need both. So when I think about longer acting carbs and root veggies, I'm thinking things like sweet potatoes and squash. Sometimes there's specific types of grains. The way you prepare your grains can influence how long they stabilize your blood sugar. And because your body runs off of sugar and carbs, it is really important to get both of them, these types, the quick use and the longer acting to make sure that your body is keeping this steady state of, again, being in a flow with your metabolism, your blood sugar and your energy levels. Yeah, definitely. And I think that just realizing that the quality of the carbs and the protein is really important and that making sure that you're getting those things together at each meal and snack is something that I see makes a huge difference in blood sugar balance and in the way that you're feeling in your body as well. And so really, I think it goes back to this point that we made in our last episode that you have to start understanding how your body is handling these foods and is handling the macronutrient groups. But I do think that as a basic template, really starting to just question in each meal, like, am I getting carbs and am I getting protein? And if you're not super sure, to be honest, I really like the app chronometer to track food. And this is just something that you can, like I said, at the beginning, like you can get an honest view of what you're getting and not only macronutrients you're getting, but what micronutrients you're getting as well. And then from there, you have some data to work with and you can start to make shifts and just really be your own health detective and see what's going on with your energy, with your mood, with your symptoms as you're eating certain things. And you can start to tell what is working for you and what is not. My last point today, number five, is polyunsaturated fatty acids. And while that sounds really big, polyunsaturated fatty acids or PUFAs, as we like to call them for fun, are essentially hydrogenated oils or like vegetable oils. And they're truly in so many different things. But where where I see them start to be an issue for your metabolism is that they cause a lot of inflammation. And they're often in foods that are not going to be very good for you in the first place. So a lot of foods that are in packages or bags are going to have vegetable oil, which would be like canola oil, soy oil, um, soybean oil, uh, rapeseed oil is the same as canola oil. And even like sunflower and safflower oils, seed oils that are processed are really not ideal. We really love to see that we're getting most of our fat intake from more whole food sources that are not processed. So things more like coconut oil or butter or ghee, saturated fats are going to be much much more nutrient dense for one thing, because they actually help you absorb those fat soluble vitamins like vitamin A, vitamin E, vitamin D, and vitamin K, which are so important for so many hormone functions and for your iron and your copper regulation and so many different things in your body. But when you're getting a lot of these PUFAs or the polyunsaturated fatty acids, you're going to be raising inflammation in the body as well as just really not getting the nutrients that you need. So If you have not started to look at that, that is something that I would highly recommend checking your pantry for, checking your freezer for. Salad dressings are a big place that these oils show up. And if you look at your pantry or your freezer and you're like, there's a lot here, start with the things that you use the most. So if you use a certain salad dressing really often, then definitely go with that first. If you use mayo often, then switch that out first. Just look at what is going to be the most common exposure or the most common thing that you're eating that you're getting the most of and start there. And I always recommend just making small swaps as you go. So in my nourish your hormones course, I have a recipe guide 
that has a lot of my favorite brands and recipes and all of the different swaps that I've made over the years. And this has been a process for me. So it likely will be a process for you as well. But I do include so many resources to just make your journey easier and to make it feel more clear and straightforward and really dive deeper into all of these points, like much, much deeper in my course as well, so that you're able to truly take the steps that you need to go forward in a way that feels simple and clear and sustainable versus overwhelming or any of the other words that we could use to describe our health journeys. So hopefully this has been helpful and encouraging to you. Send us a message. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast. We are just so excited to be able to share this information with you and hope to see you next week. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today for listening. And I hope that you were encouraged and learned something new. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you be willing to share it with a friend and to leave us a review? I believe that every woman deserves to understand her body and feel great in it. And you can help me in this mission by sharing the podcast. If you're also feeling like you're ready for the next step and you're really ready to dive in in your hormone journey, my course Nourish Your Hormones is created specifically for you. It's a step-by-step blueprint to increase your metabolism, restore energy, and have better periods and mood every single month. I would love to connect with you. So come over and join me on my Instagram page at Leisha Drews and send me a message if you have questions or just want to tell me something that you enjoyed about this episode. I can't wait to meet you.